everybody, this is Townsend. I'm a singer, songwriter, musician, and mental health advocate, and I started the You're Not Alone project and podcast to help educate, spread awareness, and simply help you feel a little less alone, no matter what you're going through. Thank you so much for tuning in to Season 2 of You're Not Alone with Townsend. Be sure to click the follow button and share these stories. You can also watch the interviews on our YouTube under Townsend T Music. You can also keep up with the journey if you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Townsend T Music. Every like, follow, and share helps us continue to change lives. What is up, guys? Welcome to You're Not Alone with Townsend. I, of course, am your host, Townsend. I'm really excited about this one. Me and this guest have been chatting for a little while. You'll notice a little Southern twang. She's from the South as well, which I'm super excited to invite another Southerner on here. But we've got Susanna Davis. Today, we're going to be talking about something called Smart One, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Susanna, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, absolutely. I appreciate I know you're crazy busy, so it means so much that you took time out just to chit-chat with us. Oh, yeah. I'm, I've been very excited about it. Oh, I love it so much. Absolutely. So we're going to be chit-chatting about Susanna's little boy, Lucas, right? Yes. If you don't follow them on socials, they're the cutest little things ever. When I saw yes. your page, I was like, must have on my podcast. Yes. Yes, his his ball video ended up with a million likes and 14 million views. I was one of those. That's the one that caught yes. my eye. Yes, that's the one that, yes. I love that so much. This was actually, so Smart One, again, we'll define that in a little bit, but this was something that I had never heard of. So that always intrigues me. And I think if I've not heard of it, that means many other people haven't heard of it. So I'm excited to dive in. Before we get started, I always have my guests kind of introduce themselves. So who is Susanna? Tell us everything you'd like to tell us, your your location, your job, whatever you want to discuss. All right. So my name is Susanna Davis. I'm 26 years old. Um, I've been married to Mark, my husband, for almost four Well, yeah, almost four years. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So we're from Alabama. Um, we live in uh, Florence, Alabama. So it's kind of a, it's a small town, but it's bigger than most towns around us. Okay. Um, so before I had Lucas, I was an ICU nurse. Um, I worked in the COVID ICU. So that kind of got me a little bit experienced with trachs. Right. Um, so that I could, I guess it was just all in God's plan. That's what we all say, like, I never knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. And then one day I was like, I think I'm going to go to nursing school. And so I just randomly applied for nursing school, got in, went through the program, worked as a nurse for almost four years. And then I had Lucas um, and I had him in November and I was supposed to go back. But um, we uh, had Lucas, he got his trach and everything. And then I'm I haven't been back to work. I just get to be Lucas's nurse now. So the best patient I could ever have. <laughs> Isn't that right? You get that smiling face back at you. Yes. Man. So you, that that's pretty wild. You were kind of already educated and understanding of all the things that Lucas would need in the future. That's kind of cool. It worked out that way. It did work out that way, but I think I'm more nervous with him than I've ever been with anybody because he's my own. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, were you working with children before or a no, lot of adults? I adults? Yes, I was adult. So it was like even all through nursing school, I said I could never be a pediatric nurse like that would just pull out my heartstrings too much. 
And then now we're always in children's hospitals and he's my patient every day. That's it. That's it. Oh my goodness. Well, let's, let's chat about Lucas. So who is Lucas? We talked about, he's your son. How old is he? And what was, what's his diagnosis? So he turns to at the end of the month on the 29th. So in just a few more weeks, um, he has smart one, which is spinal muscle atrophy, respiratory distress. That's so a tongue he twister. Was, yeah, it is. It is. And getting into all the logistics of it is like really get to go. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. But he, um, so he was born. They actually ended up inducing me at 37 weeks um, because he stopped growing. He had the inner, inner uterine growth restriction, IUGR. Um, and so they thought that he would do better outside than inside. So they went ahead and took him at 37 weeks and he was four pounds and six ounces. Um, he came out not breathing. Um, he, uh, he was not breathing. He was gray, limp. They literally picked him up out of there and ran out of the room with him. We didn't hear anything for 10 minutes. They said that he finally started crying once they got like halfway down the hall with them to the nursery. Whoa. So, yeah. So he's been throwing us curveballs since he was born, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so he was in the hospital um, for over a week on oxygen before we got to bring him home. Um, and then that's kind of, we had a few good weeks at home and then stuff started kind of going downhill after that. He choked um, every time he ate. He would anytime he would take a bottle, he would choke three to five times every bottle and turn completely blue. Wow. And um, so we had to have like upper GI studies done at like a month old. He was getting upper GI studies and just like all kinds of different testing and doing, and it was all coming back normal. So um, we we didn't really know, but. So then um, what ended up getting us, he kind of settled down with that some. And then like maybe a few weeks went by and we were at the doctor's office like three or four times in a week. And so finally um, they ended up, I sh he would never do it in the office. Like I would take him to the doctor's office to feed him and he would do great. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. That's always how it goes. Yeah. Yes, every time. And so one day we were in there and um, I had finally gotten a video of it at home. There you go. Mark had fed him and I just videoed it. And it was so hard to just video and not try to help console him and do, but we couldn't get him to do it any other time. Um, and so once we showed him the video, they immediately sent us to the hospital to get an EEG because they thought that he might be having seizures. Um, because he would just go pale after it and just face out and it looked like he was having labored breathing. And so um, we started putting an outlet monitor on him and it said that his oxygen sats were dropping to the 70s. And so they ended up admitting us um, the next day and um, he had a lot of labs done. He stopped breathing multiple times at the hospital, um, but they went to do a lumbar puncture on him because his white blood count was so elevated that they were trying to check him for like meningitis or like any viruses or anything that they could find because the labs that we were getting were all elevated, but we had 
all of our viral panels were coming back negative. Everything was negative. And so when they did the lumbar puncture, they called a code on him because he stopped breathing. And then they flew him from our local hospital. They flew him to a children's hospital. That was about, that's about two hours away. Yeah. Um, so then he got there and um, he got in. So we went there on, I think it was February the 19th. And then by March the 1st, he had already tired out and um, was intubated. Mm-hmm. So they sedated and paralyzed him for that. Um, and the nurse accidentally pulled out his ET tube when he went to down for an MRI. And he had to have six minutes of chest compressions. Um, yes, it was very, it, it was Ooh, such a, traumatic. It was so traumatic. Like within 24 hours, he within 12 hours, he had to be intubated twice. He had had six minutes of chest compressions intubated, re-sedated, re-paralyzed to give his body a break. It was just awful. Um, So by this point, they had already sent off. There's no telling how many labs to check genetics. They had taken labs from me and Mark. They had gotten them from Lucas. And everything was coming back negative. So they're like, okay, we ruled out over 500 genetic diseases. We're going to have to go to some more very rare things like all of the things that are common he doesn't have so we were like okay and um then finally um they did a swallow study on him and um so he failed six extubations i forgot that part so they re-extubated him they extubated him six times to see if he could just breathe on his own and every time he failed. Mm-hmm. So we, um, he had a swallow study done and the doctor was like, okay, put it back in regular motion. And the tech was like, no, it, it is in regular motion. And he said, no, it's in slow motion. Look how slow his diaphragm is moving. And that's, so he has a, his right diaphragm is paralyzed. And um, that's why he can't breathe on his own. But we didn't know it at the time, and it was an accidental finding in his swallow study. Wow. After that, they were like, we didn't even have a diagnosis yet. And they were like, Lucas will never breathe on his own again. And we're like, gracious. We're like, what do you, you don't know he isn't ever going to breathe on his, you don't even know what's wrong with him. Right. We refused the trait for like a week, and he stayed intubated. He was off of all sedation. And he was playing with us and doing, um, but then he got to where he started getting agitated. His throat started getting sore, um, and it was on a Friday. And me and Mark were just like, we we want him to have the trach. It's going to increase his quality of life. He can start eating. Like we want to see his whole face. Um, so with the trach came the G tube. So we told him. Um, on a Friday, we're like, we want him to have the surgery as soon as possible. So he went down for surgery Monday morning at like eight o'clock in the morning and got his trach and G tube at about three and a half months old. And then a few weeks later, he got his diagnosis back of SMARD. Wow. Now, how, okay, that was a roller coaster. Like, you need to write a book. Like, I was invested in that story. We, whew. Okay. So, 
love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're a child, right? And I mean, I know you're a nurse, but no experience with kids and these rare no. diagnoses. When they came back and they were like, okay, everything came back clear. Where was your mind? Oh, I, I was so devastated. Like there were th- so many things that they told us that it could be. And I'm like, I would never in a million years want him to have that. And when it came back negative, I was like, I would so much rather him have that than what we're about to start talking about. Like all the things didn't sound so big once we got the news that we got. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Oh man, that can relate to life so much. Like you worry about these tiny things and then you get past it and you're like, okay, that wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Like think back to when he was like a real newborn like our, our two months that we had at home, I was like, I was so worried then without even knowing what was coming that had I known what was coming, I could have just lived in the moment then because it was so much easier and I didn't even realize it. Wow, so. man, what good advice you can find. You were so young and you learned such a big lesson during all of that and I feel like man Lucas what a trooper he's seen more life than any of us have he is yes he is the strongest little boy I've ever met man I love it I love it so so how rare is this diagnosis you said that they went through and were like all right let's check the rare ones I want to personally thank you for taking the time to listen to these conversations it truly means so much We've changed so many lives for the better, and we want to continue doing so throughout 2023. This project is made possible by sponsors and patrons. So if you'd like to help keep the You're Not Alone project going and hearing these amazing stories, we would love for you to join the family at patreon.com slash Music. Just for signing up, you'll get free merch, discounts, and behind-the-scenes patron-only footage not only of my music, but of each episode. That's right. So each guest on every episode answers a few more questions that only patrons will be able to watch and listen to. So head on over to patreon.com slash Townsend Music, and let's continue changing lives. So it is extremely rare. There is approximately 100 cases ever diagnosed in the world. Oh, my gracious. Yes. Um, so the exact number is unknown. Like, they don't know. But, like, so a lot of kids, um, we kept a monitor on Lucas at all times. That's mm-hmm. the nurse in me, and I'm anxi- <laughs> I have so much anxiety about things. Like, we kept a monitor on him, so we knew his stats were dropping while he slept. Right. Um, and so they think that probably more kids have it than they know of, but they pass away in their sleep is the most common things because they're so smart attacks your respiratory system first, Mm -hmm. usually. Um, And so they think that probably it's been diagnosed in, or it hasn't been diagnosed, but more kids have passed away from it. And they told us, had we not gotten Lucas and like been so persistent about it, that he probably would have passed away in his sleep and it would have just been ruled as SIDS and we would have never known it. I was about to say, I guess they just called it sudden infant death. Wow, that is so interesting. Yeah. Mama always knows best. You knew something was going on. I knew it. I knew it when he was born. Yeah, you were like, listen here, doctor. My husband, I was like, 
he's perfect, but something's off. Like I, I don't know what, but something's off. Wow. I love that. You just kept going back. I think that's a good lesson too. Like you can go with your gut, like telling the doctor yes. something is going on. Yes. Wow. And at good. first, like at first they were like, you're a first time mom and you're a nurse, you're nervous. And like, I fed into it at first and I was like, you're probably right. Like, and I'm just so anxious about things. But then after a few times, I was like, no, like there's something wrong. Wow. So. I'm proud of you. Absolutely. That's intimidating. Having doctors look down and be like, he's okay, you know? Yes. And so you imagine how many moms go home and are like, okay, well, they said, so yes. I'm proud of you for doing that, sticking to your guns. That's amazing. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. So <laughs> is Lucas able to communicate? Can he understand when you talk to him? So let's chat about the overall effects with him. Can he mobilize? Okay. Can he talk? So he cognitively, he is intact. He is fine. Um, he, what milestones he can reach, he reaches. So they told us that he probably would never talk over his trach because he got it so young. He never learned how to talk before it. Um, so they didn't know that he would know how to. Um, but he says, mama, he can talk over his trach. He says, mama, dada. He said, Didi, which is my mom. Our wow. nurse, her name is Anna, and he says, Anna. He tells us, uh-uh. He says, yeah, oh. I can do, and it's just so sweet. But also, he um, actually, um, a few months ago, got evaluated for an eye gaze machine. Yeah. I don't think kids use those, um, but they brought it over, and it's not recommended until you're three years old, but since Lucas cognitively is fine, they were like, we'll just bring it over, see how he does. If he does fine with it, we'll go with it. He loved the eye gaze machine. He did so good with it. Wow. Um, he was watching TV and he told the lady on there, he read out, I am bored. That's <laughs> so, <laughs> funny. So it was, I don't think he knew what he was saying, but it was yeah. just, he was like, I am bored. That's so we're all about it. <laughs> wow. We actually talked about, so on a past podcast, we talked about a girl that was around your age and she actually ended up having a stroke. It was a locked in syndrome. So she was totally okay. with it. And she talked about during this time, she couldn't communicate. She couldn't do anything. So she's laying there knowing what she wants to say. And they brought her an eye gaze machine and that's how she communicated. So it's cool to see that Lucas can use it too. That's yeah. really neat. Yes. He loved playing with it. So we're hoping you know how insurance is takes forever for anything. Oh, of course. So we're hoping it'll be in in the next month or two. Hopefully by Christmas. So oh man, how cool! Yeah, he's, so. he's going to be a rock star at it. Oh yes, he's just going to yeah. be. Doo, 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 doo. Yes, I think so. But as far as like mobilizing, his movement kind of comes and goes. Um, he used to move his right arm the best and he wouldn't even pick up his left arm. Now he can't use his right arm and his left arm does everything. Um, his hands, he can't use his hands. So he just kind of, he, they just flop and he just kind of hits things. Yeah. Um, he can't move his legs. You can put a roll under his legs, like a little, we have like those little bead mesh like pillows. He likes those. We put those, roll them under his legs, and he can kick his legs doing that. So he plays his piano with his feet. Yeah. Um, 
and he has like some little drums that he'll hit with his left arm and he loves playing with balloons but he can't sit up or hold his head up or anything like that but he does have like a tiny kid recliner that he loves to just sit back in and watch tv <laughs> yeah who wouldn't though right like kick back uh, yeah people serving you like Lucas yes. has this figured out let's be for real oh, yeah, he does. He, he's got it all figured out when <laughs> in, without telling you what he wants he tells you what he wants <laughs> that's right that's right yeah he just points his toes he's like come on mom like I told you I'm bored yeah he when he he loves to watch the ceiling fan sometimes and so he'll like look at the ceiling fan and blink really hard. And then he'll look at you and blink and then he'll do it until you turn it on. That's so, funny. Okay. Whatever it takes. You know what he's talking about. So we just go with it. I love it. You know, there was a guy that wrote an entire book using an eye gaze board. Oh my gosh. Yep. No, letter, letter by letter. And it is amazing. Yeah. Wow. Maybe that'll be Lucas one day. Maybe so that would be incredible. Wouldn't be it? So People could yeah. learn so much from Lucas already. I, I hope so. I hope Absolutely. if else, we just bring awareness to this all. And so. yeah, Well, you already are. You got, what, 14 million likes on a video? <laughs> yeah. So. I'd say you're already spreading some pretty good awareness. That's amazing. So we talked about this. It's called Smart One. So are there mm -hmm. different types? So it... um the different types so it's caused by a mutation located on a gene that is called igh mbp2 okay. so that's the gene and like each child has a unique combination of the gene mutations mm -hmm. so like it's hard to know like um there that's why there's so much variability on like um the presentation, onset, and just how severe the disease is. So there's a little girl that has smart that can walk and talk and doesn't have a trait, but she wears like braces on her legs and stuff like that. And then there's kids like Lucas that has a trait and can't really move. And then, um, so it just, it's both ends of the spectrum, really like just very, there's so little research done about it that it's hard to know. Um, most kids um, pass away within the first year of life, um, but there's so little research about kids with traits that um, usually if you get a trait, you can live longer. So there's a couple of adults that have SMARD. Wow, um, okay. The trait and are on the ventilator. So it just most of them end up passing away from like respiratory illness or something like that um so it's really just so much respiratory stuff man what I imagine that is so incredibly hard to diagnose like that's so different oh, yeah. spectrums like you said yes it's just wow. so have you been able to connect with like any of the adults with this diagnosis yes yes we actually have so there's this one guy um his I don't think he would mind me saying his name is Austin, uh, no. but they have a TikTok um, and his it's called them Jones boys. Yeah. Um, but he actually, he just, he has smart and has a trach and is on the ventilator and he just had twins. He's married. Um, and they had just had twin girls a couple of months ago. That's amazing. So, it's, it's so he's like one of our biggest inspirations. Like I follow their story and, 
We oh, show cool. their videos. He goes hunting all the time. Like he's a real inspiration to that us. That is amazing. Holy moly. Okay. Very good. Well, there's something that Lucas could look forward to. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's going to hop on a four-wheeler one day, go out in the woods. Yeah. And there's That's- like a lot of little kids that are Lucas around Lucas's age. I talk with their parents and stuff like that. So there's wow. a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So is it, is it hereditary? So you were talking about the the guy having twins. Are they at risk for having smarts as well? Um, well, so it's hereditary. Hered- it's inherited in a recessive pattern. Okay. So both parents have to be carriers of the gene mutation. And then each parent must um, pass on a copy of the mutation for the child to be affected. Gotcha. So like, there's a, a one in four chance of um, that. The, so like me and Mark Cavanagh, there was a 25% chance of Lucas being affected. Okay. But we didn't know that we had it. So this isn't like on the Smash Mart website or anything. Our doctor, our geneticist told us this, but they told us that like me and Mark meeting was like... A, and both having this gene mutation was like a one in 70 million chance. Y'all won the lottery. So I'm telling you, I wish we had a lottery ticket. Boy. And so <laughs> that is so, wild. Okay. Yeah. So it's just, it's so crazy. That is crazy. Okay. Did the, um, the, the man that you were talking about that had twins, did they both come out typically developing? Yes. Yes. They, as far as I know, they're fine. Um, but so I don't know, I don't know if Lucas were to have kids one day, I guess we would just have to see where that went, but cross that bridge when you get to it. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Now had, I'm going to assume this answer, but I have to ask anyway, did you have any idea about smart before Lucas? No, I haven't been my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've, I've, like I was in the health field and do all of that. And I know a lot of crazy diagnosis, but smart yeah. is not one of them that I recall. Mm-mm. No, I've never heard of it ever. Yeah. I'm I'm still blown away. My mind is still thinking about how they've probably missed a lot of diagnosis yeah. and how it was probably misdiagnosis, something else. That's, that's crazy to me. And also amazing how far medical terms yeah. and technology has come. Like what a blessing that they're able to do it now. So yes, and it's uh, hopefully it will be on like a newborn screening, right? So that you just know before it before it's too progressed, I guess. That's right. Absolutely. I mean, now there there's no treatment for it. There's no cure. There's nothing that can be done. There's a clinical trial in place, hmm. um, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, absolutely. So what is it? Yeah, what does a typical day for Lucas look like? Lucas is a busy little boy. Oh, yeah? Okay, <laughs> let's hear about it. So I'll just go through like our daily schedule. Okay. So it starts at 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, boy, he's already beat me. Okay. Yeah, well, so at 2 a.m., I wake up at 2 a.m. every morning and do a breathing treatment. So we have to give them like a nebulizer and then we have to do, we call it chest PT, mm-hmm. but you have to hit him like just do percussion on his chest, his sides and his back. 
um, just to break up mucus. Mm-hmm. And then um, he can't cough on his own because he can't use his accessory muscles or anything. So we have to use a cough assist machine. And you actually just took it into his trach and it coughs for him. Wow. Uh, yeah, it basically, it gives you a big breath and it takes it away. Hmm. Um, and limits a cough to your lungs. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do that suction and he gets albuterol. So that's a treatment for Lucas. Um, we do that at 2 a.m. He gets medicine and we turn his food off. Um, and he's recently stopped to use in the bathroom as much on his own. So we have to cath him okay. just to empty his bladder. So we do that at 2 a.m. And then at 6 a.m. we rehang his feeds. 8 a.m. you do a treatment, meds, cath. Have to like change his pulse socks, everything. At 10 a.m., you hang more feeds, and then um, at tw- uh, two, no two, you do another treatment, do more meds, turn off the feeds, change his pulse socks. At three o'clock, you hang his water, and then five o'clock, you turn off his water. Six o'clock, you turn on his feeds. <laughs> And then seven o'clock, we do trach care, clean his G-tube. Um, and then about 7.45, we start his bedtime routine. So we'll cath him again, do a treatment, give him his medicines. At 10 o'clock, we hang more food, give him a little bit more medicine. And then it starts all over again at 2 a.m. So you never sleep? Not a lot. So wow. my husband works eight to five. So he stays up until 10 and hangs his 10 o'clock feeds and does the medicines. And I get up at two and then Mark gets up at six and hangs his feeds. And then I get up at seven and sit with Lucas so that Mark can get ready for work. Goodness gracious. Wow. Now you talked about you have a, does a nurse come help you ever? Yes. Yes. So we have a nurse, Anna. Um, she comes and helps Monday through Friday, eight to five. So that's nice. Yeah. So it's such a big help. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. Wow. That now for those listening, does insurance help cover that? Yes. Yes. Insurance covers his nursing. Good, good, good. Ooh, I couldn't imagine paying out of pocket for a nurse Monday through Friday. No. And so there's this thing um, in Alabama that you can do. All states don't have it. I know Tennessee, you can't do it. But since I'm a nurse, I can be Lucas's nurse. Yeah. So, so insurance pays me to be Lucas's nurse so many hours a week. Heck yeah, absolutely. Since I can't work in a hospital, it helps out that his insurance will pay me to be his nurse. So absolutely. I think that's only fair. Oh my God. That's the least that we could do. That's, that's amazing that that is offered. Yeah. But it's only in certain States. So right. Right. Wow. Across the board. Goodness gracious. That is so much. I can't even imagine. Okay. So, you know, we sugarcoat it and we talk about he's a blessing and he's perfect. But to be honest, I know there are days where you're just like, this is too much that I am tired. What helps you get through those days? Cause I mean, to be honest, this podcast is about mental health and just being vulnerable and saying, you know what? We all have bad days. We all have hard days and that's just part of being human. So Mm -hmm. being vulnerable for a little bit, how does Susanna get through those hard times? 
So the easiest way to get through it, like I know that it isn't going to last forever. Um, he is so happy all the time. So if he's not, then you know something's wrong. Um, but like, you just know that if you can just get through the few days that he's fussing and junky and just not feeling good, you have his normal happy self. He's just so precious. You just have that to look forward to. Like, this isn't going to last forever. It's just like, it's just a week or it's just a few days. And then we'll have our happy Lucas back. And that's just like, that keeps you going. <laughs> I like, yeah, that little smile that y'all post pictures yes. of. Oh, yes. Precious. He, he's just so sweet and happy that he, he's worth it. The yes. days are hard, but he's worth it. Oh, that's a, that was such a perfect mom answer. Like what a mom answer. Yeah. There, I I, there are days where we get, I wouldn't say frustrated, just like mentally and physically just exhausted. Yeah. But that, that just is our life now. And that's just part of it. And you just have to push through it. And every day can't be your worst day ever. Someone said one time and I was like, okay, that makes sense. So as long as, as long as the next day is better than the last. That's right. As long as you get a smile out of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I love that so much. I love it. Okay, so we talked about this a little bit earlier, connecting with adults with it and other children's parents with it. But where do you feel like you found the most resources or the most information about what Lucas is going through? Smashmar.org. Okay. Yes, there is a website that tells, since there's so little research about it, you can Google it and you're going to get the worst possible answers oh, ever. Of course. Yeah. So if you go to smashmard.org, that tells you everything that you need to know about SMART. All yeah. the presenting symptoms, even for me being pregnant. That's great to know. Has social media been pretty helpful for you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's where I've connected with a lot of the families. Mm-hmm. So like I talk with a lot of moms that have their kids have smart and I'm like hey has your son or your daughter done this before and what did y'all do and I just kind of get feedback from them and mention to our doctors for things when stuff comes up that we're not used to and yeah. just go from there I love that I love that so cool smart smash smart.org mm-hmm Yes. Love it. See, I would have not known that before. It would have, we always talk about on this podcast, people Googling things and it's always like death, you know, like yes. you could literally Google a runny nose and it's like, you're going to die. Like yes. just you can clear. It says we'll die within a year, pretty much. Oh my gracious. Uh, um, That's not the whole truth. Yeah. Oh, the it's internet can be bad. such a bad thing. Yes. It's great and it's terrible. <laughs> Absolutely. If you use it correctly, it's amazing, but it can easily go downhill. That's for sure. 100%. Susanna, thank you so, so much for taking time out of your busy day. I know Lucas is waiting yes. on you and you've got so much to do. So it means so, so much. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on here. It's been such a pleasure. Everybody that's listening, you know how this goes. 
Susanna and I are going to keep talking. We're going to do a few more questions. I know I'm excited about it. If you want to keep hearing it, head over to patreon.com slash Townsend Team Music. That is how we keep this podcast going and keep spreading amazing love and stories and awareness. So head over to that. Listen to the rest of this podcast. If not, we will catch you next week. If you'd like to hear the rest of this interview, visit patreon.com slash Townsend Team Music. And don't forget, you can also watch the interviews on our YouTube channel at Townsend Team Music YouTube. Let's be honest. I think we could all use somebody to talk to every now and then. Healing Path Counseling in Conway, Arkansas is 100% my go-to when it comes to therapy. Wendy Blackwood has more credentials than letters in the alphabet. She's won awards for her outstanding services and has a whole page of board memberships. Basically, she knows what she's doing. She works hard to help equip you with the tools needed to live your best life. She even offers a variety of services including, but not limited to, cognitive behavioral therapy, technology-assisted counseling, relationship counseling, and EMDR. Trust me, I know therapy can be intimidating at first, but let me assure you, Wendy does her best to make you comfortable and find the best solutions and plans for you. Trust me, don't wait to make the call. Give Wendy Blackwood at Healing Path Counseling a call today. Get started on the best version of you. Okay guys, if you're in the market to buy or sell, I have the perfect company for you. Clark & Co Realty is located in the Benton Bryant, Arkansas area they're able to serve you no matter where you're located in the state. They've streamlined the process of buying or selling a home to make it so much easier. They have a team of industry experts that make sure you have access from anything you can think of. I'm talking from local home inspectors to painters to gardeners and so much more just to provide you with the best service possible. They're dedicated to providing the most up-to-date market data in the area. And I think the coolest part is if you go on their website, you can use their easy-to-use fast property search. You can even create a custom market report to see what's active, under contract, and sold in your neighborhood. Their team is made up of caring, knowledgeable professionals that work around the clock to help you with the process of buying and selling your home. So again, if you're in the market to buy or sell, Clark & Co Realty is definitely the company for you. Tell them Townsend sent you. Selena with Impact Coaching and Consulting is a certified life coach who helps women find harmony with their faith, family, and career. She offers a virtual goals workshop, mastermind group, and a one-on-one -on -one private coaching where she helps you identify your deepest purpose, develop a roadmap to reach tangible goals, and encourage you to overcome any obstacles along the way. Selena's worked with hundreds of business professionals throughout the United States, including small business owners, direct sales associates, chiropractors, financial advisors, real estate agents, doctors, professors, teachers, and many more. You can follow her at coach underscore Selena on Instagram and Impact Life Coaching on Facebook. You'll love the encouragement and the practical tips for finding harmony in your unique life.